0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. We are part of the Paramount Podcast Network. Continuing our preview of West Virginia Big 12 opponents for the 2022 season. The wheel stops today on Oklahoma State. We tag in our friend from Go Pokes dot com staff writer Cody Nagel to wisen us up on the Cowboys. Cody, thank you for coming in today and helping us out. How are things down in Stillwater? How are things around? A program that is remarkably stable in a conference that definitely is not.
1: Yeah, things are going well here. A lot of a lot of excitement for this season, especially coming off last year. Um, you know, going to the big twelve title game and and then beat Notre Dame in the in the Fiesta Bowl. So yeah definitely some excitement and and ready to get the season underway here soon
0: let's begin at the ending here if that makes any sense um yeah spot in the big 12 title game maybe a bit of an upset that baylor won but a lot of changes um star power gone defensive coordinator gone really good defensive coordinator in um, Some continuity in offense, you have, I guess, the best quarterback in the league because he was there last year at the end and he's there this year at the beginning. So there is talent. There are expectations are certainly precedent for Oklahoma state to be successful. Let's fast forward to the end. What is the story at the conclusion of this season for the Cowboys?
1: You know, I think they'll, they'll definitely be in contention, you know, for that, that big 12 title game again. Um, you know, I think the biggest question is, you know, how does the, the defense perform, you know, under their new defensive coordinator with Derek Mason coming in um, and Jim Knowles leaving for, for Ohio state. Uh, I think that's kind of the the biggest question there. Um, you know, you know, Jim Knowles was such a good, good play caller on that side of the ball and was, was able to adjust, um, you know, throughout the game. I think that's, that's something that, you know, Derek Mason's going to have to do if, if Oklahoma state's there at the end of the season, you know, in the, in the big 12 title game again, Um, you know, obviously last year coming up short, um, literally, literally inches short of of its first conference title and since 2011. So yeah, there's some question marks on on defense and and offense, you know, bringing Spencer Sanders back is, is big, Um, you know, an all big 12 quarterback now for, for the preseason and and obviously won it last year. So yeah, there's some question marks there too, but, you know, losing that star power with, with jaylen warren at running back um, tay martin your leading receiver um you know it's, there's they're going to need some guys to step up if they want to perform on offense as well
0: we'll get to all that including sanders before we finish here i promise but let's kind of go off the radar here we're going to take a step from the beaten path kind of into the woods a little bit if you don't mind cody um people who frequent your site they're going to know all the major names and storylines um People who are listening to this on the West Virginia side, well, they know where to go if they want to get the scoop on Oklahoma State. But let's um, let's go for a preview a, a bit here. What is high on your list, but not at the top of, of players, of storylines, of units, to- topics, themes, whatever? Someone, something, it's not obvious, but you've got your eye on that it's going to be a significant part of this season. And then at some point, someone listening to this is going to be like, you know what? I knew about this in July because I heard Cody talk about it on that one podcast. What is your pick from that bag?
1: Yeah, I think it's the the two cornerbacks that'll probably be starting. Um, it'll be Jabbar Muhammad and Corey Black. They're both um, juniors in their third season. Um, you know, they've played you know, a few snaps here and there their first two years, um, but, but really came up big in the Fiesta Bowl. They kind of, you know, increased their playing time there knowing they were going to have to, you know, get these guys in, into some, you know, starting rotation type stuff coming into this year. Um, you know, um, Jarrett Bernard Converse is gone. Christian Holmes is gone. Um, you know, Christian Holmes now at the Washington um, with Washington football team um, and Bernard Converse transferred to LSU. So, you know, they lose their two starting cornerbacks. Um, you know, but I think those guys are, you know, as the season progresses, they're going to get more comfortable back there. Um, and that'll be, you know, a a big or big factor for them on the defensive side of the ball, at least, is you know those two guys stepping up at corner and you know getting that that first year starting experience.
0: Let me um let me stick here and make this part B of this question. I try not to do this, but that's an interesting pick and it's something they really need to because they could be good around that, especially in the front too. They have some good players. How much do they need the cornerback position to hit this year?
1: Yeah, that's, that's kind of the most important part of the defense. You know, the defensive line brings back a ton of experience. Um, you know, they even get Trace Ford back, who was out last year. Um, you know, he was one of the best, you know, freshmen back in, what was that, 2019? And then sophomore year, 2020, he was decent, too. Um, but just got hurt that last um, last game of the regular season in 2020. In 2020 um, and then hurt his other knee, um, just couple weeks before the opener last season. Um, so, you know, he's been out a full year, um, but, but anyways, the defensive line will be be good. Uh, linebackers is another kind of question mark. Um, you know, you, you lose Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper, um, who, two guys that were, you know, incredibly experienced in, in that middle of the defense. Um, but, you know, the, I think they've got some younger guys that'll, that'll step up there. I think just the the cornerback spot with Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad is, is kind of the the x factor of you know it could swing the defense one way or another going into the going into the season
0: all right we've warmed up with some generic questions that we ask all of our guests here i want to get something specific um i mentioned remarkably consistent program um when you look at what they have accomplished the past several years it is <laughs> it's something to behold and mike gundy the second longest tenure now in the fbs Pretty impressive. And it didn't seem like that would be the case for a while. He was seemed like he was linked to other jobs for, I don't know how many times, but it seemed like that was the case. Um, a lot of 10 win seasons, I think seven out of the past 12 years, they've won a bowl five of the past six, just went to the big 12 title game, beat Notre Dame. So it's not just that they're hot. it's that They've been strong for a long, long time, but it never seemed like to me on the outside that Gundy was guaranteed to be there despite his connection to the university and that he was always either looking or connected to other jobs and and never, you know, threw in the Heisman and kept him away. It seemed like he was OK to let the conversations exist. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but that was my perception. But new AD, new president, the administration is totally different. And it just seems like he's probably a lifer there now, too. Um, where do things stand with Mike Gundy, his past, present and future with, you know, the program that is pretty well synonymous with him right now?
1: Yeah, you know, just talking within the spring and, you know, the press conference that we had. Um, and even last in his season as well, he seems a, a lot more comfortable, I guess. Not that he wasn't comfortable for the past, you know, 15, 16 years. Um, uh, you know, he I think he sees the program as is capable of taking it this next step finally. You know, they they get those 10 win seasons, you know, they'd <clears throat> excuse me, they'd get to, you know, a New Year's six bowl, um, but they were never really contending for, you know, the, the Big 12 title game or anything like that. Um, you know, you always had Oklahoma and, and, you know, that was pretty much dominating the conference there for, you know, five years, six years. Um, but I think he sees that this, this program is capable of taking this next step competing for conference titles each season. Um, and he's finally getting that the full backing from the administration. You know, you mentioned the new athletic director, um, new president as well. I think their relationship is, is off to a good start. You know, he kind of, clashed heads a little bit with, with Mike Holder. Um, You know, they kind of didn't see eye to eye on certain things. Um, So, uh, yeah, I think that kind of, you know, factored into, you know, him kind of looking elsewhere at times, maybe kind of, you know, trying to force his way into getting, getting a raise to make sure they, they kept him around. But yeah, I think with, with the new administration and just, you know, the camaraderie that they have and the communication that they have on a daily basis, I think he's, he's the most comfortable he's ever been here.
0: Back to the team, the product on the field. Um, very rarely is talent the issue for Oklahoma State. They recruit well, they develop well. The portal, that's just another avenue for um, you know, quality players here too. There's a lot to choose from this question. So, so tell me, Cody, um, who are the players, maybe even the units, that, that people should be paying attention to that are going to put Oklahoma State's offensive and special teams up on that championship-level pedestal?
1: Um I think receiver position will be really good this year. Um last year, you know, they only had really Tay Martin as their kind of experienced guy coming back. Um Brian Presley was was a sophomore, but you know, was hadn't played a ton his freshman season. Um, but you know, they used a lot of true freshman guys last year that now are coming into this second year, um, have that year of experience under their belt. Um, you know, you, you mentioned guys like John Paul Richardson. Um, Blaine Green, Bryson Green, um, you know they had a really good freshman class last year that really stepped up, and you know as the season went on, just got better. So I think that that position group will take a big step this season, um, and and Spencer Sanders is going to need those guys, you know, to to rely on if he wants to, you know, live up to this you know expectation that he'll be the the All Big Twelve quarterback again.
0: Let's stick right there. We're gonna. End with the beginning, everything in the Big 12 obviously starts with the quarterback position. Um, they have the best one on paper. <laughs> we mentioned it. It's, it's kind of odd when you look at the talent at quarterback that he competed against last season and then this season perhaps even do. But Spencer Sanders is your first team pick. Um, sometimes it may be difficult to understand because of stats, accuracy, turnovers, whatever. And then sometimes it may be hard to dispute that because he does win. He does have moments, and there are games where he looks like it's fit for him and it's supposed to work. Shane Ellingworth no longer there. Not a lot of depth, although there's an interesting name uh, on the depth chart there, but this seems like it's Sanders deal to finish. Um, he's certainly worked for that status. How do things shake out for him this year?
1: Yeah. You know, Mike Gunney made an interesting comment. Um, I believe it was a few weeks ago. Um, he was doing a, a podcast with, with one of the Oklahoma state people um, and, and Said that you know that Spencer Sanders is probably the most underrated quarterback in the country. Um, I don't know if I would go to that extent. Um, you know, Spencer has he, he's hard to explain, I guess. He's he's got really good games that he can produce, uh, but there always seems to be that one game, two games a year that that don't go well. And for last year, it, it just happened to be at the you know probably the most important game of the season in the Big 12 title game. I um, mean, you know, he threw three interceptions. Um, and, you know, as Oklahoma state was, you know, fighting back in that game against Baylor, just trying to, you know, stay with them and, you know, came up inches short of of winning that game. But yeah, he's, I think this is a year that's, you know, obviously with him being a redshirt senior, you know, he's, he's really got to prove himself if he wants to you know ever play in the NFL. Um, I, there's a lot of pressure on him, I think, but, you know, I think as the years have gone on, he's, he's slowly kind of gotten better. Um, You know, the turnover numbers haven't really gone down a whole lot, um, but the production on the field, you know, as far as touchdowns and yardage has gone up each year. Um, And I think a big part of that has to do with, you know, the quarterbacks coach that they brought in a couple of years ago, um, Tim Hurtay. He spent a a few years in the NFL um, as a quarterbacks coach. And, you know, that seemed to be a a big move for them Um, and just, you know, focusing on the development of Sanders um, and trying to get him to that to that next level
0: um again we'll do part b here i don't want to do this but his change from the big 12 title game to the fiesta bowl is remarkable to me um 31 of 46 257 no touchdowns four picks against baylor goes against notre dame 34 of 51 371 yards four touchdowns no picks and that's exactly what we're talking about here right
1: yeah that, i mean he if he has a bad game, he's usually going to follow it up with a pretty outstanding performance. You know, rarely does he have back-to-back weeks, back-to-back games that that aren't great or, you know, he throws multiple interceptions. So, you know, that's the thing is, you know, when Shane Ellingworth was here and and Spencer Sanders was struggling, you know, there was question marks of, okay, did they do they switch a quarterback? Did they put Ellingworth in there, you know, as a true freshman and, and give him the starting job? And, you know, any time that you know, they'd put standards back out there after a bad game, you know, he'd follow it up with a pretty good performance and it kind of, you know, get rid of any questions of, is there a quarterback battle that needs to happen? And so, yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of the, um, yeah, I guess I'm not sure what I was trying to say there, but yeah, anytime he had a bad performance, you know, he'd follow it up with, with a good one. So, it, yeah, it just got rid of any question marks for the battle.
0: Regular season finale, West Virginia goes to Stillwater, November 26th. That's right after Bedlam. Tricky spot in the schedule. However, the Mountaineers have not been tricky for Oklahoma State. Seven straight losses in the series. Could be some stakes on the line for that one. We'll see. But now you know more about the team that will be playing host to the Mountaineers at the end of November. Thanks to Cody Nagel from gopokes.com. Cody, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. We'll catch up soon.
1: All right. Thanks for having me on.